It's time for the Fanatics Miami Dolphins podcast on the Fanatics Network. Welcome to the Fanatics Miami Dolphins, hosted by me, the legend, with my co-host from No Coast being sidelined with an illness, not COVID-related, our good handsome Jimmy Kearns is happy to fill in. Jimmy, how you doing today? I'm doing good, man. I was wondering if you were going to mention that Brian's illness was non-COVID-related, just to, you know, keep the rumors down, make sure nothing gets spun out of control. Brian is doing well, just a little under the weather today. He'll be all right. Shout out to Brian for hitting me up to fill in last minute. Glad to be here, man. Thank you. Absolutely. And of course, you know, dude, it's 2020. I have to throw that in there. A little disclaimer. Absolutely. <laughs> we, absolutely. We are also joined by a very special guest, an analyst for PFF, Tony Longo. How you doing, Tony? Sebak, I'm doing good. I'm glad to be here. Oh, that's I hope I don't uh, butcher that name too many times over the course of this uh, <laughs> this greeting, but I'm doing well, man. I'm happy to be here. Hey, you are good to go, bro. You wouldn't, and certainly won't be the last. <laughs> let's go. Let's go ahead and set the scene. So, what a way to follow up a triumph victory in Santa Clara. Now, when the Jets landed at Miami International Airport, I'm sure none of them thought that that would be the only touchdown they'd experience in South Beach over the weekend. But it was. They left Hard Rock with zero points to match their zero wins on the season the game with a few three and outs and quite a number of penalties mostly on the snap and an interception the announcers talking about how Gase is upset about comments made by his defensive coordinator it definitely looked like an Adam Gase coached team but we're not here to talk about them this is a Dolphins podcast we're going to talk about how great our team did everybody contributing defense holding up let's just go ahead and get started that offense got off to a fast start, just like the last two teams that we managed to beat. Um, Adam Shaheen scored a touchdown. Preston Williams scored a touchdown. Durham Smythe. Gaskin was involved often and early through the air and on the ground. Uh, Tony, what's your assessment of how this offense performed? They were moving. They were moving the ball here. Uh, it looked like a, a tight end party pretty much all game. Surprisingly, Gasicki wasn't uh, too involved, but I'm sure they'll pass that up. The first half looked amazing, right, guys? I mean, they're moving the ball. Gaskin looked phenomenal. He was probably getting a little upset that uh, we kept talking about Le'Veon Bell a little too much. Lit a little fire involved. under him. Yeah, exactly. I think uh, he might have got a little aggravated of all of our flirtation, but Gaskin looked good, man. I mean, he's so shifty. He moves, he moves really well. Um, he's great catching the ball out of the backfield. I, I really like what he's doing. I'm happy uh, Jordan Howard's inactive again. I was kind of getting <laughs> a little worried. We kept giving him the rock. But, um, no, overall, the first half looked great. But, I mean, Jimmy, what do you think? The second half kind of slowed down. I mean, it's hard to complain when it's a 24-0 route. But it looked like there was some opportunities we didn't capitalize in the second half. Yeah, I mean, points were left on the board. It, it was a great game all around. And I know, Savak, we were, you know, just talking before we hopped on here live, you know, that 
us Dolphins fans will always find a way, something to complain about in a 24 nothing win. This should have been a 42 nothing win like Brian was flirting with um, before the game on our last podcast. You know, the, the third down wasn't great. I, they're one for eight on third downs. Fitz was 0 for 7 on third down. Our boy Tua, the, the golden left arm of Tua, got us our only third down conversion. So, I mean, I guess there is some good takeaways from there. I think their first scoring drive, they didn't even face a third down. So you can't really fault them for that, for just picking up big chunk yardage. But um, all around, it was it was a great performance, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um they were hitting Flacco early and often. I think they saw they had 10 QB hits, three sacks. The pressures I didn't see when I was looking, but 10 hits is a lot. And uh, your boy, the statue, Savak, he, he didn't know what to do. He was throwing a lot of balls away like we, uh, like we predicted. So, yeah, it was a great all-around team win. And uh, I do, I do want to shout out the running game, though. I know on, uh, when we recorded on Thursday – I was hoping to see a nice classic run game out of them because because everyone's been running against this Jets team. I mean, everyone's been doing whatever they want against this Jets team, but teams have been breaking off big yardage games on the ground. I mean, it wasn't huge. It was 110 yards combined. But like Tony said, Gaskin, you know, he had his best best game of his career, short career. But hey, 91 yards. I think he averaged five point like two a carry, something close to that. Kid looked good team looked good i'm not going to complain going into a bye week here 500 i was just about to say i'm glad that you mentioned that because that backfield certainly belongs to miles gaskin now uh i've been waiting for it too i was hoping that we'd see it now that he he got up there he's averaging five yards a carry that's fantastic especially for somebody nobody expected that out of uh Breida also got a little involved he rushed six times for 15 yards and caught two for seven but uh, nice to see the run game going. Nice to see Jordan Howard not suited up. But of, course, <laughs> <laughs> of course, that spread offense apparently stands for spread the ball around. Eight receivers caught passes. No one had more than four receptions. Of course, Devontae Parker was targeted eight times. It came away with three receptions. Adam Shaheen actually led the team in yardage. Grant and Gaskin tied for the team lead in receptions. Uh, Tony, what'd you think of that? These receivers, these receivers, excuse me. You know, it, they got out, they bounced to a, a big early lead. You know, you kind of felt them real back in the second half. So there wasn't a lot of stat padding going mm-hmm. on here. I felt, you know, Parker looked like what Parker does. He comes out of the game for a couple of plays, comes back in, gets a little nicked up, but you know, he doesn't want to miss any time this year. Um, you know, what I really want to see though, moving forward is I just feel like Brito, when he gets the ball, he's, He's electric, you know, and when you're fa- you know, playing a better team than the Jets here today, I think we're going to need some more of those big touches. And, you know, between Preston Williams and Devontae Parker, big uncle there, um, you, got a, you got a lot of nice possession receivers, and you need those. But, you know, we're kind of missing those electric, those big-time touches that, you know, Wilson provided last year. The guy that we honestly – I think we all thought Jakeem Grant could be, and he kind of showed up this last game he actually had the most receiving yards on the team padded by those beautiful two stats at the end that I'm sure we'll get to but um man I don't know why they don't involve Breed a little more I know Gaskin looks great I'd love to see a couple more you know two running back sets but as you said you know it was the tight end show I mean we had Smythe grabbing a touchdown Shaheen grabbing a touchdown uh we didn't see uh, Gesicki grab one but th- those will come those will come for sure um, but I felt like it was, it was a good offensive game plan. Listen, they got up big. 
as soon as this game started, it looked like the game was going to be over. I, there was no and in the second in the second quarter, I was tweeting out that this looks like a nice, easy victory before the uh, nice bye week. And I think that the the schedule change kind of helped out here. And to be honest, I know we we're all complaining. The Dolphins haven't done anything wrong, but look at the schedule change. But look, we got you know we got to play a division opponent at home before a bye week, moved to five hundred, and now coming out of the bye, we get to play what looks like a reeling Rams team. And, uh, you know, it sets up to go on a nice little run after the bye. So I think they did well. I think they played um, a little bit down in the second half, but that's all you can ask for, 24 to zero. The defense was stellar like we talked about. What do you think, Jimmy? Yeah, I one thing you, I want to touch on before I forget that you brought up that I think might be the best point brought up this entire podcast, um, the explosive plays that, you know, they just aren't there. And Breda is that guy on this roster that should be doing it, especially from the backfield. And why Gaskin, while Gaskin's been great, this kid, you know, he isn't a hand on the ball 25 times a game. You know, there's not many of those guys left anyways, you know, Henry, Zeke, maybe whoever, but he's not built for that certainly. And to just pound him right up the middle, the kid's been ph phenomenal, phenomenal. You can't say enough about him, especially from where he came from humble beginnings, but, uh, they could use some more explosive plays. Uh, and yeah, the receivers, they are, I don't know. I can talk about Preston Williams. I, I got him in fantasy too. And I never know when to start the dude and he'll catch two passes for five yards, but it'll be a touchdown and it's a huge like touchdown dependent league. So I get frustrated. So, <laughs> you know, the targets haven't really been there for him, but I, like you said, this game kind of ran into a game script issue when they're blowing this team out the last thing you want to do is kind of give them any momentum. So second half, we just saw a lot of turnaround, handed off short stuff, but what real quick, what kind of odds would you have gotten if someone would have told you two tight ends are going to catch a touchdown for the dolphins is one of them Gasicki. If it was, yes, you, you know, you, it'd be like minus 2000. This guy doesn't <laughs> catch a touchdown Shaheen from Ashland university. I had to look that up, Adam Shaheen and shout out to Brian when the Dolphins got Shaheen, Brian was low-key excited about that pickup and wanted to see what he could do. The guy's big, physical, athletic. Like, this dude's like a Gronk type of guy when you look at him and how he moves. Um, and it, isn't this like the second game that, that we've opened with a touchdown scored by him? Uh, I don't know. I'd have, to, I'd have to look that up. That's a good he, – he opened it up against San Francisco at – I would, I'd take your word for it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. He had a three-yard touchdown catch against the San Francisco 49ers to start the game. I so, mean, he was, a, he was a second round pick. He was, he was viewed pretty highly. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. With the bears. So yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it, it doesn't hurt to have another, what, six, six guy out there that can run some routes um, with Kasiki. It definitely does it. It, do, it does strike me as, is just strange though, I guess, like we keep talking about, they didn't really need to move and, and press to score here. But Chan Gailey, although, you know, against San Francisco here in this game, you know, the game plan looked good enough, to obviously, to get us a win. But it, it, it strikes me as strange that we don't get Kasicki more involved, even in these first halves. You know, I think that he is that big play guy. He is that, you know, George Kittle light for our team. Um, I think you know, the, the athletic numbers for him are off the charts. So he was like a 99% Stark score, uh, amazing, really good player. And you, you tell when he gets the ball, he gets you downfield and he, you know, he moves, um, he moves vertically pretty quickly. So yeah, I mean, Shaheen, 
three catches, 51 yards. He, he actually did lead, lead our uh, lead the team in receiving yards this week. So, yeah, great pickup, second-round pick. You can't ask for more. I can't I, I know why Flo was excited. Absolutely. And I, I, you know what, I, I want to agree with you there 100%. I thought it was strange, especially looking at the numbers from this game. You're like, hold on, two tight ends caught touchdown passes, but one of them was not Gasicki. What the hell? And I think yeah. he uh, he was targeted three times. He unfortunately did not come up with any of them. Uh, it actually worked out in my favor. The person, one of the people I was facing in fantasy this week had him as his tight end. So it was actually kind of nice to see a goose egg sitting there. It's pretty great. <laughs> that's a win-win. We win and you, yeah, you that's get the right. fantasy hookup. And Miles Gaskin has been looking great in fantasy. Somehow he's ended up becoming a weekly starter for me. So I hope he maintains. That's fantastic. But enough about this offense, you guys. We got to talk about this defense because this day was really about them, wasn't it? This is their first shutout since 2014. Uh, three double-digit victories in one season for the first time since that same year. Of course, Xavier Howard recorded an interception. He's got the most interceptions in the NFL since 2017, and he missed 15 games in that span. Uh, Emmanuel Ogba had two sacks. Christian Wilkins got a sack, and he was just fired the hell up. I love his energy, by the way. Um, I guess I have to jump to Jimmy first for this one because I know he loves this defense. He was wanting to talk about it early on. What did you see out there, man? What were you were you impressed? Uh, absolutely, man. What I saw was exactly what we discussed last week. I, you know, I said it on this show, and it, you know, it wasn't any. I wasn't inventing electricity with what I was saying. It wasn't anything like jaw dropping, but I wanted to see them getting after the quarterback against this horrible Jets offensive line and this statue of a quarterback, Joe Flacco. They needed to be in his face because if they do that every week, that I mean, what are you going to do when they have arguably the best cornerback duo in the NFL? And there's a, there's four, five, six great ones. So I'm not going to sit here and say they are the best, but they're in that top five. What are you going to do when you got pressure in your face all day and you can't get rid of the ball just, you know, on a five yard play because they're pressing you and they're in your grill. Um, so the defensive line was great. Uh, three sacks, like I said, 10 hits on the quarterback. I, it was just a beautiful game all around. A lot of great numbers. Um, Rowe had nine tackles, seven of them solo. He had a pass deflected. Um, Christian Wilkins was disrupting stuff all day. He threw in a sack too. They, they just looked great. And uh, one more thing, though, before I pass it on, it's not kind of defense related. I did want to mention, though, Joe Flacco, believe this or not, he is 170 yards away from passing Joe Montana for 20th all time in career passing yards. So 170 yards away. So in about four weeks, Joe Flacco, you can expect him to be passing Joe Montana <laughs> for 20th overall in career passing yards. Um, Man, it said four weeks. <laughs> I, I, I'm not an, you know, I'm not an analyst kind of guy. I can have Tony rerun the numbers for me, you know, but I, I feel like I'm pretty spot on with 170 over four weeks. You know, I, the math seems right to me. So um, no, the, the defense was everything you could ask for. I, you know, I don't care who you're playing against this jets team could go down as one of the worst teams historically in the NFL. Like we, we talked about it. Now it's gone to six games where they've lost by double digits in a row. Um, they're, I think they're the only team to ever do that. I don't care who it is to shut out an NFL team, hold them to zero points. That is huge. So these guys are professionals. These are good football players. 
man, it's just a bad team, and they did what they needed to do against a bad team. Mm-hmm. Tony, yeah. what'd you see? I mean, it's amazing, guys, what bringing back Byron Jones, I think, does for this defense, right? I think it really opens up Flores to blitz and get after the quarterback more, knowing that he can play man, uh, you know, on the sides, and he's really able to rush the quarterback. I think the guy who really stuck out to me this game is Wilkins. I think Christian Wilkins had a phenomenal game here, um, really getting the backfield, disrupting plays, uh, both, both versus the run and the pass. Um, I really like how he played. Brandon Jones is really coming along too as a nice little um, piece for us. But I really think what's, what's really bringing this defense together, especially the last two weeks, is that addition of Byron Jones, obviously the big money man coming out of this summer. Um, we, we felt his absence in those, in those first few weeks. I felt like we really missed him on that Seattle game. I think if we had him, um, it would have changed the outcome of that game significantly. Um, and, and, and like uh, handsome Jimmy over there said, right? Like it's, it's true. We took care of business. We took care of a bad team, but that's what average and above average teams do, right? They take care of business. When you have a bad team on the plate, you eat and you eat well. And I felt like this team is getting the confidence. I feel like that defense has a swagger. What about Xavier Howard? I mean, this guy makes a play every single week where you're just looking at him. How did he do that? Right. And this is a guy before this summer, there's trade talk. He deleted the dolphins images off of his Instagram. Everyone's thinking we're going to trade him to move up in the draft. I mean, this is a guy you don't want to let go. He's not overpaid. He's a game changer just like that pick he had against Wilson in the end zone, uh, that Seattle game. I mean, he makes game-changing plays. Um, we just got to get uh, Byron, uh, his hands on a ball once uh, <laughs> once in a while. I know he hasn't been able to do that too much in his career, but that's overstated. I think the defense uh, is playing really well. Um, you know, I think we have – what about uh, KGH? What do you break his finger? Comes right back in the game about 10 minutes later, a couple of plays – so we got, we got a bunch of guys uh, on defense that, that really want to play. And I, I think the overall, the attitude of this team is just, it's, uh, it's phenomenal. I think you really feel a, a culture shift going on. These guys, they want to play. They like playing for this team. Um, and, and I think it shows that on the field. What do you think, Sivak? Absolutely. And I think you actually nailed it there. It's very eerily similar to something that Brian said in the post-game interview or post-game press conference that these guys they really want to play for each other they love playing together and that's what we've been waiting to see through these last few coaching regimes we've to see a team that actually wants to play for each other actually wants to play for their coach it's phenomenal to finally see that come into fruition I do want to touch on that you mentioned Byron Jones hopefully we can get him to get his hands on a ball and I think that's probably exactly why he became available in free agency and why the Cowboys elected not to keep him because he's got all of the physical tools I mean he's an athletic freak he can do all he's fast he can jump high he's strong his issue has been getting that ball and we'd like to see that a little bit more but now he's in good enough company where he might be able to develop that and we're hoping so um I did enjoy watching that line play. I'd love that Christian Wilkins finally got a sack. Cause you know, that's not a very sexy position when nobody thinks about defensive line, like, Oh, these, that's where the stars are, you know, no, they're Especially watching in the middle. Yeah. Exactly. They're watching yeah. all of the, you know, everything else. So it's nice to see him be able to start getting some stats going. Cause uh, I was, uh, 
I mean, he, he was an early pick and we wanted to see that energy that he showed walking across the stage and almost <laughs> toppling Roger Goodell over. I wanted to see that translate to the field and we're getting it. He was excited. And that, I love that energy. I'd like to see that continue. And uh, I wish the offense would have played up to the level of the defense, but I'm glad the defense up to play because I think Jimmy, you, you might've said it to us before. You might've said it to me the uh, like little bit earlier that if it hadn't, if the defense hadn't have performed so well, this would have been registered as a Fitz tragic performance. Yeah, I believe Brian, uh, that might've been Brian on Twitter or something. I think I just read that before the show. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll take credit cause I love it. It's great. It's a great line. I wish I would have thought of it. <laughs> this could have went, if the defense played as half, you know, if they played half as bad as, as they did, just take away 50% of what they did. I mean, this is like a seven point game possibly. And maybe the jets with a chance to come down and tie the game, something like that. I, I think the defense to yesterday covered up a lot of flaws for the game and the offense. And, you know, they don't need to be long-term flaw. Like the offense looked great against San Fran. So, you know, it, it is what it is. And you mentioned, you know, Wilkins, they did say something too during the game uh, right after his sack about they, they interviewed him and he said all he wanted was just a one-on-one -on -one sometimes he was sick of being double covered or double, you know, <laughs> double teamed. He said he will do anything for that team. He doesn't care. He doesn't mind eating up blocks, but just once in a while he wants a sack because that's what gets his name in the papers. You know what I mean? So, Hey, we're talking about the big guy now, you know, <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> but you, you said one other thing that I wanted to touch on. Cause it was, a, it was a callback to Thursday's show. You mentioned that Gase would probably be excited to have Flacco in there because, you know, if things went well, then he could be like, well, see all of the, all the issues that that was Sam Darnold's fault, not me, but <laughs> Did you notice early on in the game, I mean, right from the very beginning, Adam Gase had his big boy britches pulled up thinking, okay, I'm going to dial up a deep shot whose <laughs> Flacco's arm it out. And I'm like, what? And I think that was uh, at least two of the plays of that first three and out were just deep shots trying to test the secondary. What that was was – what it, it was a callback to what I said, but you were a little bit off. It's Flacco looking for that 50 yard pass interference is what it was. That dude ain't hitting nobody 50 yards down the field. He's hoping for a flag. So and Gase knows that Gase had some great body language. I loved the body. He was defeated sitting on the bench at like 14, nothing. He was sitting behind all the players just flipping through paperwork. Like, I don't know what he just had photos. He was flipping through. He looked lost. It was beautiful. This, this, this might sound malicious, but I, couldn't have wanted this team to beat the Jets more just to wipe Adam Gase's weird look off his face for all those terrible years that he gave us and how many years he had to set us back. But um, yeah, <laughs> no, it's a good point. Yeah, Flacco just throws it up there, tries to, tries to get flags. And listen, that's what he did his entire Baltimore career too, right? He, he got hot one time, cashed out, won a Super Bowl. And uh, that's kind of been his whole career there. So um, no, like to touch, to wrap it up. Yeah. I think the defense, they played outstanding. I, I will, I will point out one stat that I saw. I, I thought it was pretty interesting guys. Tell me what you think from 2014 to 2019, the dolphins had a total of five double digit wins in five years that this team already has three of them this year. Wow. See, there's our progress. I told you it was coming.
which uh, wow. I just <laughs> and that was our that's arguably a tough beginning of the year, right? Savak, like we we talked yeah. before the season, this early season was going to be difficult. And hey, you know, injuries, stuff changes. Screw it, I don't care. Like these are still good franchises that they're hanging with or beating. Mm, so that, that's very impressive. And we, you know, one of those is a team that was just in the Super Bowl and we wiped the floor with them. I mean, yeah, they had some injuries and stuff, but they got a lot of those people back right before we pl- we played them. So. I'm pretty proud. I was happy to watch watch the Jets get kicked around a little bit. And I got to say, even through the mask, I could still see how pissed off Gase was. So that made me smile. <laughs> I I was listening to Bill Simmons uh, today in the car. I do every uh, every Monday. They guess the lines and stuff for the upcoming week. It's, it's entertaining. It's funny. And they're pretty spot on with the stuff. And they were talking about next coach fired. And he has Jimmy Kimmel's cousin on there with him, uh, sale all the time for this. And he was like, Oh, it's gay. It's gotta be gay. It's gotta be gay. Simmons made a good point that I, I, I like it now. And I agree with it. Gase isn't going anywhere because he's their best shot to go. Owen 16 and to get the number one pick. He he's running that team into the ground. You don't fire that guy who the whole team, I, for the most part, from what I know and see and read, I mean, you know, I'm not inside the locker room, obviously, but the team doesn't like the guy. Do you, as an organization, do you want to fire that dude, fire your team up and get them to three, four wins maybe, or do you want this number one pick? I I know they're not going out there trying to lose, you know, guys will get hurt if you do that, whatever. But from a GM perspective and owner perspective, you can keep a bad coach in there that you think isn't going to do well and hope you lose some games. So I I think we're, I I think you see Gase for the rest of this season out there. And as soon as it's done, see you. That is a very valid point. And if they did, were to fire him, who's next in line? Probably Greg Williams. And did you guys remember what happened to that Cleveland Browns team when they fired Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley and promoted Greg Williams to the interim head coach? They suddenly caught fire. Baker played the best ball of his pro career. So, yep. I mean, uh, yeah, maybe don't want to go that route. Not if they intend to, you know, be big players in this upcoming draft. Um, gosh, I just had something and now I think it's gone. Oh, well, Tony, you got anything else, man? No, I mean, oh, like sorry. You, you, I mean, I unless, thought... we're, unless we're getting into draft speculation, if you guys are Trevor Lawrence, do you pull an Eli Manning? Do you yes. really want to go to this team? No, I don't. You can't, <laughs> you cannot want to play. You can't want to play on this team after you've seen what they've done to every first round pick every decent legitimate player that they've had, they burn the bridge and then they shut down the nearest city to that bridge and they get rid of everybody there (laughs) because they just treat everybody terribly. That's what it seems. It seems like a dysfunctional franchise. And I know that Trevor Lawrence looks like the best quarterback since Andrew Luck, maybe even John Elway as a prospect, but listen, quarterback is the most important position in sports, but not even him could save a roster like that. Right? So if, I, if I'm him, I, I, I put my foot down and I say, listen, someone else trade up and get me. And, hey, listen, Houston's going down a bad road. It, it might be us with a, with a stockpile of draft picks and uh, some even more draft capital. So we'll see. But what do you guys think? If, you, if you're uh, Lawrence, you go to the Jets? Hell no. I will go anywhere but the Jets. But if, if trade, if somebody else trading up to get me from the Jets is not an option, I will just say screw it and I will either go back to school or go play in the <laughs> CFL for a season. 
forget that not going there but actually that what you just said reminded me of what i was thinking about is like these last few years only the jets could have screwed up that badly you have your gm in there who spends all of your money makes all the draft draft picks and levy on bell and hires a head coach <laughs> who does not whose reputation is not getting along with superstars and then you fire that gm what <laughs> <laughs> and now here we are a few seasons later and wondering well, what the hell happened how could things have gone so badly it's hey, you know you know what's funny too is you know a lot of the pundits preseason you know, peg this Jets team as a surprise wild card, surprise 10 and 6 team, a surprise. Listen, I think we all knew what it was at the onset of this year. They they weren't going to be good. They they lost their best, arguably their best skill position, guy in Robbie Anderson. Now they go ahead and lose Bell. Jamal Adams is out. I mean, it's Makai Becton and a bunch of bodies basically there. Um, and I would say they'd be sellers at this trade deadline, but they don't have anything to sell. So I think, <laughs> I think it's going to be a long road, a uh, long road for them, but I, I like where our team's at right now. They could probably sell the naming rights to their stadium or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> they can't even sell those. They share those with the Giants. Oh, that's so. true. Yeah, they can't even do that right. <laughs> Which reminds me, actually, a very funny stat that one of those meme accounts posted was that the uh, the only wins that have that have happened in that stadium in 2020 have been uh, XFL teams, the uh, the the New York Guardians. Yeah. one two games in that stadium oh man that's <laughs> they were fun. a good team i that that team probably beats that jets team i watched a lot of xfl that team wasn't that bad i know Without they were like yeah oh the yeah jets, I, we talked about it a bit last week so i i won't get into it much <laughs> I, I yeah lawrence can't go there if i was him i don't know what you do he could obviously go back to school i don't know if that's the right idea you risk getting injured something like that um but like tony said and obviously this isn't a Jets podcast, so I won't go into it a whole bunch. But if the Jets kind of start this, you know, rebuild the way that we did it, they could be in decent shape. You have to pick the right guys. But if they move out of that first round pick or that first overall pick, I mean, they could stockpile quite a bit and go that round and maybe get a different quarterback later on in the first round. Because, yeah, like Tony said, Lawrence isn't coming in and fixing this. There's not one guy coming in and fixing this, you know? Vince yeah. Lombardi's not walking in and fixing this. I did nothing. So yeah, but long that's story short, Lawrence, if I'm him. Yeah, no. that's exactly right. This, this is more than just a one man fixed or patch job, but we should probably get back to this game. I want to talk real quick about special teams. Of course, we were talking a little bit about Jason Sanders before we started recording. Uh, and of course he nailed his one field goal of the day and was three for three on extra points. And Hawk had seven punts. That that dude's really got a cannon for a left. I think he's actually a lefty too, which is really interesting to watch. And oh my goodness, the football gods be praised. We Jakeem Grant had six punt returns, did not fumble one. Uh, he averaged thirteen point eight yards, including a shifty thirty yard return or, or thirty yarder, and one kickoff return for twenty three yards. Looked really good. What do you guys think of the special teams? I think they've been on. on to the season so far yeah they 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 have definitely i'll i'll say this jason sanders is a monster 
He's, he's killing. I know we were talking pre-podcast of him and uh, Jimmy, the handsome man over there was bringing up his streak that he's about to break uh, our own Alindo Mares, uh, 19 consecutive field goal streak. But can we get him a good nickname? Because Jason Sanders seems like the most suburban uh, white guy name in a suburban neighborhood. We need he needs a good nickname. I don't know what you can think of, Jimmy. I, I don't know, but they, if we can get the fans on it, maybe Savak, you, you can talk to Brian, maybe do a, uh, I'll give away, I'll even do it on my end. I'll give away like a Dolphins hat or something like that. I'll order you a hat, send it to us. So everyone out there, get on Twitter, send the Fanatics podcast, Brian, Savak, send them some tweets. Get us a Jason Sanders nickname going. Savak, Brian, they'll pick the best one. Whatever one we come up with, I'll send you out a Miami Dolphins hat fantastic um, i like that yeah there you go a little 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 giveaway uh impromptu yeah um no he he's the man there's no doubt about it you know like greg the leg like you got stuff like that legatron like you, he needs exactly. something solid he's getting that's what i'm saying actually see zerline had two nicknames yeah, two of them i know i couldn't <laughs> think of any other uh oh uh automatica martin grammatica uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Automatica. That was a good one. yeah. and th- those guys yeah. were good but they're you know this dude's now you know he's getting there he's still young but hey he's been great and again, I hate to keep saying it, but I was pretty spot on with, with this game coming up. And I said it last week, special teams, Hawks been my MVP. I, I know Sanders has been great, but if I had to give an MVP for this team this year, it's him. That dude is just changing field position. Like no other punter in the league, man. It he's got a cannon for a leg, but this dude, I don't know. I never punted before in my life, but I'm sure there's some sort of backspin action on it, whatever. I don't know if he's getting lucky. It's got to be skill for how often he just downs the ball inside the 10, five-yard line. Oh, yeah. Every, he kicks it from our own 20, and it just hits inside their seven and bounces straight <laughs> up in the air. Like, I don't I don't understand it. Well, so, matter of fact, like, uh, at that that Jacksonville game, the Thursday nighter, um, when they the team was coming back out after halftime, the first people back on the field – were the special teams and Hawk went out there and was practicing. And I mean, he, he thumped it, man. That thing went up. I swear if he were standing closer to the edge, he probably could have kicked it out to the parking lot out of the stadium. Yup. And then almost immediately after that, he hit one of those punts where he put the pin them inside their own 10. So he is phenomenal. I think one of those, one of the underrated coaches on our staffs, probably Danny Crossman, our special teams coordinator, because that unit has been performing well. And of course, yep. you know, again, not a sexy position. So what were you saying, Tony? <laughs> I was, I was going to mention, you know, through all the bad years and, you know, it, there's been some troubling ones here as a fan, especially led by Adam Gase, but the one consistent uh, side of the ball has always been special teams, right? It always seems like the dolphins are put in a good, good position with their special teams players. Uh, they always look like they're well coached. I forget what was the special teams coordinator before this one got put up for a head coaching gig. He got interviewed as well. Darren, uh, Darren Rizzi. Darren, Darren Rizzi. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. He's a great, he's a great coach too. Um, but yeah, it always seems like we have the special team side of the ball uh, pretty, pretty well down. It definitely seems like that this year, we're not losing any games um, with uh, Jason money Sanders or whatever we want to call him. And uh yeah, Matt Hack is incredible. Uh, Jimmy, you're right. There's a couple ba- – they just – they bounce straight up. That that action, whatever he's got going, when he hits inside the five, it's popping up, and either we're downing it 
someone's running downfield or someone's going to go make a mistake on one of those uh, bounce up balls, but special teams definitely, uh, they're solid. They're solid this year. Once again. Absolutely. And I agree, man. I was actually really upset because I remember when the, when the head coaching job was available, I, I remember Rizzy got an interview and a lot of the players had actually stepped up and, and backed him as who they wanted as their next head coach says a lot about him. I think I was a little upset when he uh, moved on from us, went to new Orleans, I believe, but yeah, yeah. Oh, well, it's in the past now. So finally the probably the most exciting part of the show <laughs> Tua made his NFL debut in the last two minutes of that game, he received a standing ovation. Of course, we weren't there, but you could hear it through the TV. The crowd was going wild. Fitzy was going wild. And of course, he didn't do a whole lot, but two of two for nine yards, a rollout completion, and the lone third down conversion for the Dolphins on the day. <laughs> Tony, tell me about what it was like to witness our new a franchise quarterback taking the field. Well, I'll, I'll lead off with this, right? So does Justin Herbert have a hundred percent completion percentage? <laughs> does Joe Burrow have a hundred percent completion percentage? Cause I don't think so. And that's what I left this game feeling. I saw Tua complete two of two and a third down conversion in a pretty big spot, right? I mean, we're closing out the game. I mean, the, the jets aren't going to catch wind there at that point, but big third down conversion but no, all jokes aside, listen, I think I was surprised that Coach Flo eased up on his position last week. I know that he came out and he said in that presser that he didn't see the point. Uh, even when we were up, was it 43 to 14? Uh, you know, we heard the chance on Dolphins Twitter for Tua to come in. And Flo said kind of, hey, I don't see the point in letting him come in and hand off the ball. And I was surprised they let Tua throw it. It was a second and nine on their own five. And they let Tua go out there and – to be honest, if we're if we're talking about the situation realistically, he kind of got put in a bad spot. He had two Jets defenders coming right down the, the middle, looking like they were going to come take him out. But he made a nice little pass uh, on the run to Patrick Laird. And then he had that nice little pass to Jakeem Grant. So it, I think he came out. Listen, there's not much that you can behold with uh, two passes. He took a total of five snaps. But those uh, those handoffs were amazing. I mean <laughs> – you could not want a more perfect, uh, pristine handoffs than Tua made. I know the the stadium was rocking. It was fun to see Fitz getting fired up there, and I think that's the key and the real the real fun part about this team. And and the reason why I think Fitzpatrick is probably the best guy you could have there, right? I mean, he knows his place. He knows what he is to this team. He's an integral part of this team, um, but he knows the futures Tua, and it's fun to see him be supportive. And to have that kind of guy in your locker room, I think it's only contagious. So I think it's uh, it's cool to see what the future is going to be. It was nice to see Tua get some action. I know everybody was super excited about it. Me as well. I, I know everybody was turning on their television. I had a group chat. Everybody's freaking out about seeing Tua come in the game. Um, but what do you think? What do you think, Jimmy? What, what did we learn on those uh, those five snaps. I, you know, I don't think, I don't think we learned, you know, all that much. I thought the one pass was nice. I think it was the third down pass. He, it was like a little three quarters around a guy. I think, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and it looked great. I don't know. It was, I think like a four yard pass or something like that as my memory it probably doesn't serve me um, all that well, but 
What I do want to mention, though, after the game, I sent it to Brian last night. Cameron Wolf tweeted, so a lot of you may have saw it. Tua went back out on the field after the game. Still, it looks like he's still in his yeah, it's still in his pads. Goes out and he sits down on the 15 yard line in full uniform, and he just was soaking it in. Empty stadium. There's literally no one else in this. Or you see one security guard standing at the far end of the field, about a hundred yards from Tua. He's sitting by himself on the 15-yard line, just looking around. And this is what we have been talking about this guy since the second he was drafted and everybody started going nuts, is that this dude is in love with the game of football. He is in love with a higher power. He is in love with his family. He's it is just a kid that is built the right way just as a human being. So why wouldn't you want this guy leading your you know billion dollar franchise like leading anything you do you know you would hire this guy to do anything and we have him as our future quarterback for hopefully the next 15 30 years you know just keep him out there as long as we can um you know i don't know i I was surprised they did it i brian called it and of course he he texted me he's like oh i called it you know first thing he said last week hey heads up we'll see some two a garbage time here you know it's gonna happen and I didn't buy into it because I just thought, hey, now this is all we're going to hear about for two weeks now until our next game with the Rams. This is what's going to be talked about instead of how well this defense played, whatever. Um, but also Flores was asked about it and he kind of like gave a weird answer to Cameron Wolf about like, oh, yep. I did it because you suggested it, the kind of thing. <laughs> with right? a big smile, it was very uncharacteristic. Yeah. Brian. It, it was it was weird it was a weird answer and i i don't know i i, I again told brian i'm like i wish he would have just went up there and been like hey fitz was like oh for seven on third down like you know that's we put him out there because the, the offense needed a boost like he should have said something like that that would have been funny to me that they needed to close out on a good note he picked up their only third down for god's sake you know um i don't know the future is not, you know, we're not going to see him against the Rams, you know, uh, probably all game, but definitely not starting. I don't think so. Uh, it was great to see him and the fans love it. I'm excited. It's cool. But yeah, ask, I don't think you I'll even ask. want to start him against Donald. No way. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> yeah. But, I, but I'll, I'll say this to keep the, you know, the speculation alive. Do you guys think that I'm in the belief now especially with how the AFC is and bringing on another playoff seed. I think this Dolphins team is built to contend for a playoff spot. I'm not going to say that they're going to get one, um, but they'll be in the thick of it coming week 15, 16, 17. They're going to have a chance if they put together some wins. I don't think, I don't think Tua makes a start this year. I think if they're going down to win games and they need to win, I don't think Tua plays until they're out of playoff contention. And that might not be my favorite thing. I, you know, I think we all want to see Tua, but Fitz is the locker room guy. He's the, he's the guy. Every guy in that locker room loves him. All the quotes you see come out about Fitz are how much every player would love to play for him, how much he gives to the game, how knowledgeable he is. And when he's Fitz magic, he's Fitz money, baby. He's on, he's on point. So what do you guys think? Do you guys think there's any chance, any sliver of quote unquote hope that we see Tua this year? Uh, outside of garbage time performances like that, probably not. Just like you said, I don't think he gets a start until we are out of playoff contention. 
And the way that we've been playing these last couple of weeks, it looks like it's very possible for us to stay in contention for a while. So, yeah, I don't think we're going to get any extended to action for a bit. That's kind of funny that you that you brought that up because that was going to be my next question. <laughs> well, do you, do you, what do you guys think about, you know, I do feel like there is somewhat of an internal need to see what Tua brings to the table in real game action right because we're staring down this houston texans pick that you know looks like it's most definitely going to be top 10 could be top five i was real happy to see tennessee pull that win out yesterday i think we're all we're all rooting for that on this texan pick watch but you know i don't know i think there's got to be some internal motive and brian flores and chris Greer and the rest of that front office they're not idiots right that for lack of a better word they know that they have to see this guy play, especially when you're staring down another two first rounders. What is it? Three second rounders that we have this year. Or is it just the two, three, right? The I saints so. one, or the, the Cardinals one, ours and the, and the Texans or we might've traded that saints one. Yeah, we did. Or the Arizona one. But, but anyways, I think there's some internal need to see Tua um, on the field would be the only thing that, you know, makes you long to see him, right? Because you want to know what you have. Well, especially being in the position that they're in with all those draft picks and potentially one in the top 10 where you could find yourself in position to take another quarterback if need be. I mean, I'm, I can't speak for them, but I personally, I would definitely want to see what we've got before we get into the draft season, just to know for sure. What, what, what do you think, Jimmy? So I, I'm in big agreement. I mentioned that before. Also, you got to see what this kid has at some point because of the way that the picks are looking like they're going to play out. But on the other hand, are we going to see enough to where you can confidently say like, we got to go and spend a high pick on somebody else. So, you know, if anything, you know, say he plays a week and he looks mediocre or say he looks horrible they aren't going to go and use a seventh overall pick on a quarterback with so many other needs still. Um, but maybe third, fourth. Yeah. Maybe there you go. <laughs> maybe, maybe you come up with a sleeper, somebody else later on in the draft, um, which you can do anyways, even if Tua looks great, new England drafts a quarterback. They like every single year now hasn't really worked out for anybody unless you're a fan of Jimmy G. I don't know. I wouldn't, I'm not, but um for yeah for the first point i think you only see two in garbage time barring an injury or yeah we're out of it you guys both hit it right on the head um because we are in a playoff push now we can definitely make this happen nine wins probably gets us in so we only need six more um and let's not let's not forget this too uh with I mean, Kansas City was a playoff team, and I believe they made the playoffs that year too. And but Patrick Mahomes started the final game of the season. Yep, and played that yep, entire thing. Yep. So we could see something kind of similar to that. Of course, yeah. this is not the same situation, but you know, well, yeah, if we similar, have something locked up. But I'll I'll say this. I mean, I know we're talking about uh, wild card seeds and I may be getting ahead of myself feeling a little pumped up after these two wins, but this division isn't locked up. No. It's not. And we're recording this now and it looks like Buffalo is probably going to go down to KC. We're one game yep. out of first. Yep. It's not, it's not over. And we played Buffalo tough, uh, the second week of the season. So I'm not this, the division isn't, 
isn't gone either. So, yeah, I think all the points that we just touched on are true. I don't think we see Tua. You do kind of want to see what he has, not only for the draft pick status, but let's say he was hor- – I don't think this at all. I think Tua is going to be a perennial pro bowler. I think he's going to be amazing, amazing guy. But there, it's not just the draft. you got guys like Prescott maybe not getting franchise tag coming up. We have a lot of money in free agency. You know, there's always shuffling at the QB position. And Fitzpatrick is probably on one of his last legs, right? It's not – he's not going to be here for a while. So, yeah, I don't know. I what do that, you think, Savak? I had the same thought. The um, I know even if Tua ends up being as great as we are all hoping that he is, uh, we're probably going to need a backup, a good – reliable backup at some point in the near future here because obviously Fitz is not going to be sticking around forever there's you know it, even if <laughs> even if he really feels like playing chances are no, like a, a better opportunity will present itself somebody else will want to bring him in to be the bridge quarterback or he might be ready to hang him up but regardless we're going to need a backup so I mean it wouldn't be wouldn't I guess hurt us to be looking around and just yeah. keeping our eye on what's available. Yeah, exactly. you should always you should always keep an eye out and see what's going on for sure. And I, you know, Tony mentioned something that again, I just want to hit real quick. The division's open. The division's there. Buffalo is probably going to lose this game. They're down six right now with five minutes, and the Chiefs got the ball. Mm-hmm. It, you know, we're gonna be one game back. And while our schedule is kind of lightening up a little bit, Buffalo's is ramping up. So I mean, they got the Jets yep. next week. But after that, it's New England, Seattle, Arizona, the Chargers who are looking different, the Niners who could be looking a lot different by then, the Steelers who are undefeated and looking phenomenal. So, you know, not only are we looking like we could be the favorites, you know, at the moment for this division in three, four weeks. So, yeah, a long way to get to it for me, but I don't, we, I think we only see Tua bar, you know, with an injury or something like that. I would love for us to make the playoffs be down 21 nothing and Tua comes in at halftime like at Alabama and his legend yes. for the NFL starts the same way <laughs> yeah well is it is I, I think it's funny that we we had all this division talk and there wasn't a mention of the Patriots and I think that's that's perfect for this year how this week goes because man it felt good seeing Denver beat them up uh, uh this week it was a close yeah. game but it really wasn't a close game. it wasn't close that. at all it, yeah. if you watch that game it yeah. was Cam Newton did not look like what everyone was raving about the first few weeks of the season, you know, and especially the first week of the season with us, that was a game that I really, I think the dolphins did not play a good game that game. I think it's, that's the worst game of the season that they played so far, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the defensive side of the ball. I think this team is a completely different team. Uh, So I can't wait till we play them. Um, We play them again, the third to last week. I think we play in week 15 at hard rock stadium. So I can't wait for that. But yeah, I think honestly, I mean, it might be conjecture at this point, but I, I think or hyperbole, but I, I don't know. I don't see the Patriots winning this division whatsoever. I, no. I honestly, I honestly believe the Miami Dolphins are a better football team right now. Yeah, yep. I agree wholeheartedly. And uh, I, per what you were saying about us going to us playing Buffalo again, I'm willing to bet Miami is going to be much tougher the second time around. And per what you were saying, Jimmy, honestly, the way I envisioned it when I daydream about it is that Ryan Fitzpatrick gets us, takes us on a deep playoff run, and then 
at halftime in either the championship game or the Super Bowl, Tua comes in and cleans it up for us. <laughs> and, and the legend of Tua begins, you know? <laughs> There's no better way, man. No better way. But if we got to that point, I would like Fitz to, you know, finish it off, though. You got, I'd like to, that dude, how long he's been in the career, or how long he's been in the NFL and the way he's done it the whole way. I'd like to see well, Fitz, I mean, Fitz I mean, finish it out for the win. But he'd still be on the roster and he'd still get his ring. Yeah, but does anybody <laughs> talk about Drew, Drew Bledsoe anymore after he went out and Brady came in? You know what I mean? Just most that he was kids, replaced by Brady. Yeah, most of these kids don't even know that Bledsoe was the man for a while, you know? Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's a good point. <laughs> but I, I guess that kind of does it for uh, for this one or for that game, unless you guys have anything else you want to toss in there. I'm I'm all set. I don't know. What do you got, Tony? Oh. Anything? No, I mean, I, I think you just – I feel like this was a good week to go. I think we touched on it, but I think it's a good week to go into the bye. Um, it's going to be disappointing not having any, any Dolphins games to to see next weekend. But um, I don't know. I think as a fan base, I think you got to be happy with where you see this team going. Absolutely. Actually, I got one thing real quick for you guys. Uh, sure. Do you think it's beneficial? I, I do. The switch of this bye week here – or well, I don't know, actually, as opposed to week 11 – do you think there's any, Yes. I mean, that you think it works out better for us? Yeah, time? I think it definitely works out better. We were slated to play Denver, right, yep. this week. Instead, that switched over. Denver looked like they had a pretty tough uh, go at it with Drew Locke back and obviously beat the Patriots up. But I definitely think splitting those Jets games, they might be gimmies, but it's good to get that one. Go on a two-game win streak, headed into the bye get some fresh legs, get some of your guys back. Hopefully Kyle Van Noy gets back. Um, hopefully we get some players back and uh, you're, you're ready to roll and you're ready to make a stretch run. I like the way that the schedule um, changed around here because after coming out of the bye, we got the Rams, then we got the Cardinals, the Chargers, Broncos, the Jets, and Cincinnati before we play that KC game. I think that's a pretty soft schedule coming out of the bye. I mean, I can definitely see another four maybe even five wins in there before we heat, hit week 14. So I, I, you know, if they go on a little run here and then, you know, they go four and one during that stretch, you're legitimately looking at division or playoff run. Um, so I definitely think the buy helped up because what was with that? The jets game, the buy, and then the jets again, or it was the jets back. Yeah. To back. No, it was, it was jets it was, by jets. By, it was a strange setup. Anyways. Yeah. I think, I think it's better to get that gimme in now. Yeah, head into this by feeling good. I think it gives it gives us a bit more of a normal schedule because that was a little curious. Like, who the hell wrote these things? Man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's tough. A lot of people look at that as a gimme, like Jets by Jets, especially how they look now. But that's tough, man, to to play a divisional foe no matter how bad they are to play them two weeks in a row like that. It's yep. tough, man. So, yep. I yeah, I agree with you guys. I think it works out quite a bit uh, it sucks we're on a little bit of a roll right now and yeah but, um it, it's also good to get ready for a, a rams team that looked horrible last night and hasn't really looked as great as the record indicates but they're they are a talented team so they we're are. gonna have to come yeah, out squared away they're, they're talented robert, and well coached yep yeah robert hunt's gonna have his hands full absolutely so is ted karras that's gonna be a difficult a difficult matchup. Any <laughs> any matchup against Aaron Donald's a difficult matchup. I mean, the dude is a is a freight train. That's exactly right. So hopefully should be good. Although it was kind of nice to see uh, the Rams 
struggling against a team that we just handled recently. So yeah, that was pretty yep. cool. Definitely a yep. confidence booster, and hopefully we can carry this momentum through the bye week and, of course, into the rest of our schedule. But um, with that, I guess we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Well, everybody, be sure to subscribe to the Fanatics Miami Dolphins podcast, available where all podcasts are available, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. There's a few more out there I don't quite remember, but apparently we're on there, according to what Ryan told me. And, of course, subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Fanatics Network, and follow us on Twitter, Fin underscore Addicts. And for everybody here, uh, our new friend Tony and handsome Jimmy will go out the way we generally do. Fins up, everybody. Fins up, fellas. Fins up. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for being here. Right at this moment, there are men everywhere doing manly things. Beards unkempt, hair run amok, leaving them in a state of hair despair. And that's just what we can see. Never mind what's going on downstairs. But it doesn't have to be that way. Thanks to our friends at Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com and enter our promo code FINSUP to save an instant 20%, get free shipping, and help quell the hair despair in your life. These bearded bros are counting on you. Won't you help them?